to another episode of Setting the Tone in the Art Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 10, Episode 15, which is titled Blood Relations. The episode aired on February 19th, 2004. Lauren, what was going that way 20 years ago? Uh, slow news week, so we'll say happy birthday to Millie Bobby Brown, the actress best known for her roles in Stranger Things, the Warner Bros. Godzilla movies, and Enola Holmes movies on Netflix, was born on February 19th. Uh, 50 First Dates, the comedy starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, debuts and takes the number one spot at the box office. And Outcast still holds the top spot on the music charts, but with a different song now, The Way You Move. Daniel, what else was on? At 8 p.m., Friends with the episode The One Where Joey Speaks French. At uh-huh. 8.30, 8:30, Will and Grace with uh, Looking for Mr. Good Enough. Uh, and at 9, The Apprentice with the episode Dupe Lex. Because, friendly reminder, Donald Trump is many, many things. But above all else, he is a shitty, shitty slumlord. Never, <laughs> never forget. Yeah. Ask the people at Trump Tower in Chicago. Oh, boy, their stories. Uh, this week's episode had 22.8 million viewers tuning in, directed by Nelson McCormick doing his fourth out of six. Uh, last time we saw him was last season with No Good Deed Goes Unpunished, and written by Dee Johnson doing her 14th out of 19, and previous ones of hers from this season include Death and Taxes and Shifts Happen. Uh, and before we get into the meat of the episode this week, uh, there's a couple of, uh, I guess, dedications, for lack of a better word, I wanted to put on this episode uh we lost a couple of members of the extended er family since the last time we recorded um and uh no yeah so uh starting first and foremost with uh joey marino uh who you may recall uh in, in the past we did a uh, a little like fundraiser scavenger hunt thing for the the uh, hashtag spot joey uh campaign that we did a year or more ago at this point um that was designed to just kind of like bring some awareness and, and help draw some attention to a, a GoFundMe that he, he was him and, and some friends of his were doing to try to offset some of his uh, medical expenses because he was dealt kind of a shitty hand with regards to his health and unfortunately those health issues got the better of him uh, this month and uh, so yeah and it was really like I, I saw that come across a few days back and then like a day or two after I was doing notes for this episode and like it Mm. felt like he was like constantly in the background in this episode which is (laughs) if you're unfamiliar if you weren't listening or or weren't paying attention when we did all of that uh joey was uh one of the background actors on the show that you see kind of just at all times throughout the show like there's just always a gaggle of people milling around in the background uh and he was one of them uh he was also uh anthony edwards stand-in while he was on the show and uh was one of the first people that had any sort of connection to the show that was really kind of nice and welcoming to us when we first started doing this stuff. Like he was one of the first people I talked to in a DM, just kind of like, you know, chatting about what we were doing and like what his experience was like on the show. And, and he was one of those people who was really enthusiastic about it and was like, yeah, I I love that you're doing this. And I love that, uh, you know, I love that somebody still cares after all this time. And he really, uh, I, I had things turned out differently circumstantially. I think uh, we definitely would have done an interview with him at some point. And his thing was always that he wasn't in good enough health to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was constant. I would check in with him every like couple of months. And he was always like, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to do, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to get better so that I can do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, you know, unfortunately never happened for him. And that sucks. My heart breaks for him. Uh, but uh I know that he was very well loved by the extended ER family. I remember when they did do that GoFundMe um, some time ago, I saw a lot of familiar names in the donation list. We'll put it that way. Like a lot of people from the ER world that clearly still had a lot of love for Joey. So, uh, so very, very sorry to lose him. Um, and then uh, just within the last couple of days, um, I saw that uh, Rod Holcomb passed away, who was the uh, director of the series uh, premiere and uh, the pilot episode and he was director for the series finale as well um and a a couple of other you know episodes kind of sprinkled in throughout there but just uh you know 
kind of the original, right? Like the the guy that that for not to like be corny about it, but like the guy who sets the tone originally. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a couple of a uh, couple of losses in the extended ER family over the last week or two, or, or last week for us since we've uh, been recording. And uh, yeah, don't want to like start us off on a down <laughs> note, but felt it was worth mentioning. Uh, but back to this episode uh, proper. Uh, this is remarkably the first episode since late season nine. So <laughs> if you're keeping score at home, this is the first episode of season 10 that has all of the principal cast members appearing in it. <laughs> we've, we've been missing at least one principal cast member for every episode, uh, of season 10. And, uh, it reminded me of like, I want to say we made it until like mid season two or maybe even season three before we had one of the original six miss an episode. Uh, so it was pretty pretty wild to think that we've made it over halfway through a season before we have everybody in the cast joining for one episode. It's pretty crazy. Good catch. Uh, but we start out with a previously on by Carrie, and a woman is waking her husband up because her labor is starting, but neither the husband or her children are waking up. And this is... So I, I think I've talked about this before, but like it's... Um, it, it really I think I think I zeroed in on what I noticed tone wise is is different about these uh, newer episodes is that it feels like I mean they've always kind of done cold opens in the past but the cold opens were almost always ER centric or character sent yep. like like principal character centric mm-hmm. and it, it was very rare if uh, if ever that we started an episode by meeting strangers. This this was very much a move that like House would do a lot, right? And that was the that was sort of the tone that I was uh, thinking about when I was watching this. Was I was like, this feels very housey, and I was like, but why does it feel housey? And it's because we're starting off meeting this stranger who's just having strange symptoms, and then we're going to unravel the the mystery kind of as we start out the episode. So it was it's interesting to see how their their approach is kind of shifting over the years. Um, but yeah, we so we meet the husband and wife who will kind of be omnipresent throughout the rest of the episode. The husband here is played by actor David uh, Figlioli, uh, who appears in stuff like No One Gets Out Alive, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and Lucifer. And the wife, played by actress Carmen Thompson, or, or sorry, Carmen Thomas, who appears in stuff like Blade, Face Off, and All My Children. And then with that, we are in with some bangs. Speaking of bangs, uh, 5.56 a.m., Sam uh, is waking up with Luca in her bed. He was supposed to be gone, but the alarm hasn't gone off yet. And uh, Alex, uh, she goes she goes to see, oh, is Alex up? So see if Luca can sneak out safely. But Alex is, of course, already up, and he immediately says he thinks he found a roach and then tastes it. Uh, there's the <laughs> pen click. 10.15 for Alex for the shitty kids list. <laughs> Because Alex, my dude, have a modicum of self, self-preservation instinct. My brother in Christ. Uh, but he sits down and watches some TV because he's going on a field trip. Apparently, it's leaving a little earlier. And Luca just bursts out of the bedroom without Sam giving him the clear. Like, my dude, come on. He's not good at this. He's just he's No, not, he's, he's really not. not. Good at it. Uh, I would have uh, master shit poster that I am. I would have I would have transitioned into this scene with like Dido trickling out in the background. Like <laughs> this would have like <laughs> let's just keep the bit going from the last episode. Uh, we then only uh, one only one time use you only, was <laughs> license for Dido. Break only one fu- only one fucking scene with Dido. Break Dido in case of emergency. Uh, but we <laughs> we go from there to uh, Chuck dropping Susan off at work. Uh, and uh, Susan tells Chuck not to make any assumptions about last names, that the baby's going to keep hers. And uh, Chuck is still very wide-eyed and, like, very into Susan, clearly, still, Mm -hmm. because he wants to meet her dad, and uh, this is where Susan's like, yeah, he doesn't know about you or this baby, so good luck with that. Uh, More more to come on that. we got to pull a relative out of the Shadow Realm. Uh, but we then, uh, once uh, Susan gets dropped off, we see Carter sitting in the ambulance bay with some coffee when the uh, family from the cold open is rolled into the bay. Mom is in full labor, and the rest of the family is likely suffering from carbon monoxide poisoning. Dad's seizing, of course, because we can't have uh, a week go by without Lauren 
being not added, this week added directly by this show in a week that Lauren's already feeling ba- oh, weird. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- that's just a week. That's just okay. No, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird even by her standards. My body continues to sabotage me. So yeah, when this happened, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, uh, but yeah, dad's not doing great. Mom's in labor. Kids are starting to come around though, so I guess that's good. Uh, Abby and Morris are helping out with this trauma and uh, Carter and Susan are working with mom uh, in labor and uh, we find out that mom is likely doing fine because the baby filtered the carbon monoxide so mom wasn't affected but obviously baby's not doing great more on that to come I so before we get too deep into it I was it's always fun when and I say fun in the loosest sense of the term uh it's always fun when i get reminded how fucking completely off i am on the timeline at this point in the show because i I definitely thought this episode was like a season 13 or 14 episode i was way off like i was because i think i mentioned this episode you did a few episodes back Uh, it might have even been last week i don't remember they all run together uh but like I was definitely not expecting this episode to be this week. So I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm sure past me as I'm recording this, I'm sure past me has like a dozen comments from people being like, oh, actually that episode will be coming up next week or the week after. Like, I'm sure I'll get a fucking ton of those. Well, actually, Daniel, didn't you know this tiny fact about this show? <sighs> we're fan- I love we're you. fans. I love you guys. We're, I love, we're I fans love with the lowercase F people. It really depends. Like, there's certain details that I'm, like, weird and, and, like, you know, very, like, Rain Man about with this show. And then there's other things where I'm just like, that's great. I'm happy that someone knows that. I don't, though. I'm I'm just here for a good time. It's true. Uh, Dad's still seasoned, though, of course, because Lauren can't have nice things. Mm. Uh, and Malik pulls Pratt to see a little girl. Morris is planning about having to get a pulse ox. And Morris continuing to be useless, continuing to be... The ginger dumbass we all don't love yet. As. We all we all don't love yet. Uh, Abby says, "I told you so," because she was like, "No, you got to do these things." And Morse, it's like, "I'm a raising you. I'm a little bitch." Me, uh, little boy asks if his family is dying. Great, love it. Beautiful uh, Morris impression. Exactly. Uh, then here we go, continuing to be fucking weird. Uh, Luca is driving Sam and Alex, and. Sam just has this awkward it just happened conversation and Alex is just sitting back there quietly. Weird for a kid who normally never shuts up. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm so confused by this whole situation because a maybe maybe some time has passed since the yeah. last episode. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Sam show up at Luca's apartment? Yes, it's absolutely time has passed because uh, they're they're at Sam's apartment instead of Luca's, and later on in the episode, she says they think they need to slow down. So this is clearly not the first time that they've done this since okay. they have a routine with like him sneaking out before Alex gets up. Because I was like, presumably, wouldn't he have driven to wherever they are? Like, yeah. Did, did, why why are we carpooling? Is my yep. <laughs> like is, I don't know. Yep. I just very confusing. But yeah. Um. Then we see Dad is still seizing, because again, fuck me, I guess. Uh, He's going to have irreversible brain damage if it keeps going, and it turns out he needs the hyperbaric chamber, according to Gallant's suggestion. And Pratt says, let's wait a little bit longer to see if he comes out of it. Chekhov's uh, hyperbaric chamber. Chekhov's chamber. Uh, Mom is still in labor, and she's she's rightfully asking, uh, why us? What do we do? We go to church every Sunday. Hey, crisis of faith is appropriate in this time. Uh, she hadn't been pregnant and woke up. They'd all be dead, though. And it's a boy. And Lauren. Whose films are those? Uh, Baby's having trouble breathing slash has a low heart rate somewhere in the 80s, where it should be more in, like, the 150 mm-hmm. range. Baby's heart Very fast heartbeats. Baby's have. Yeah. Baby's, like little hummingbirds. Baby's heartbeats mm-hmm. beat much faster. Uh... We see uh, Carrie complaining about Luca being late and tells Jerry to stop surfing the web on county time, which is uh, uh, if we got Chekhov's chamber, this is this is Chekhov's web surfing. 
because uh, this will this comes back around uh, in the later part of the episode. Which, by the way, check off Zoom chat. By the way, nomination for Jerry for MVP of the episode. Just, yes, just for this little plot thread because it is in contention for one of the sweetest things any character has ever done for another character on this show. Period. Like, it is adorable. Props to Jerry yes. this week. Uh, we go back to the delivery where we see a nice, uh, nice primetime placenta shot uh, as uh, oh. Neela delivers it. Yikes! Uh, the baby's gonna need the hyperbaric chamber so that be, so that they can do hyper fast oxygen oxygenation. Good oxygenation. Oxygen. Oxygen. Did I spell it that wrong, or you just can't say it? I think you also. I think both. I think you spelled okay. it wrong, and I think I can't say it oxygenation right yeah i think what you have typed has something to do with bulls and (laughs) you're right you're right it absolutely does i it's fine i was fucked up last night it's fine she was high on her own supply and was like i can type my notes without looking at the doc and well that was that funny thing that was when i was looking so (laughs) fuck you uh but yeah so then susan tells neela she has to go into the chamber with baby uh since an attending can't be spared uh they rush her up to this hyperbaric chamber area, which we've never heard talked about or seen before in the past. I'm assuming this is a shout out to Charlie Lagola thing for having to design this entire fucking area that we've never seen before. Uh, and we'll never see again. And, and we'll never see again. Yeah. God, that must be just a horrible thing to have to go through to have to like design, build and and mount this whole thing. And then like at the end of the week, you tear it all down. It's just got to be brutal. Such is the life of a set design person, I'm right. sure. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just a horrifying. Basically, we're we're doing a, a little we're doing a, a bit of a callback here to I think it was NICU where we uh, we learned that Neela is claustrophobic, uh, and so this is this is them capitalizing on that little tidbit this episode. But it's a horrifying sounding procedure. Everything is everything about this is is intended to make you feel uncomfortable and boxed in the way neil is going to be feeling so they they do the pressurization they they bring them it's essentially like as if they were going down in a submarine like they're going down to depth um and neil is asking about whether she'll be able to stop uh you know like it's like in an mri you know if, if she gets to a point where she is like overwhelmingly uncomfortable can she stop uh, which will come into play a little bit later. And our chamber tech here is a quintessential, oh, hey, it's that guy, uh, played by Patrick Fisher, uh, who appears in stuff like Mulholland Drive, uh, Happy, with an exclamation mark, uh, and shout out to the Innocent Ladies, uh, Mad Men, where he had a memorable role in season one or two, I think. Season as a total sleazebag. As, as kind of a sleazebag, but a sleazebag. It's got to be later than two. I think it's early. No, because it's still one. No, you're uh, right. He's still with Betty. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very yeah, early. Yeah, and Betty are still together when you're that right. happens. Yeah, but he plays. Because she's doing the modeling thing or whatever. No, that's different. Anyway, yes. Yeah, he plays Jimmy Barrett, who is the, yep. the like, uh, the sleazebag, the uh, uh, shitty Nuts about us. Yeah, he's the Utz spokesman and stuff. Very, like, perfect for that show like he has that like 60s but kind of 50s holdover look of like a pitch man on tv like he just has like a really i I really like this actor um he's not really put to that much good use in this episode but like just in general i like this guy um and he is a very prolific oh hey it's that guy 140 credits to his name uh, Susan wants to move the mom up to the postpartum floor, but she, but the mom wants to be down with her kids, which, you know, understandable if they almost near, just about died. Uh, Dad just woke up, though, and he was oriented to person, time, and place, but he's still kind of spacey. A uh, little girl's headache has subsided, and the son has an appetite, and they want everyone, and the mom wants the people working on the baby to know, oh, he has a name. That's Samuel. Nice name. Uh... But then Carter asks Susan how she's doing with her pregnancy and grabs her stomach because why can people not fucking not do this? Mm. Um, and then we go over the bariatric tech is talking to Neela about the science of the chamber and they have an hour and 40 minutes left and it gets hotter as air expands because poor Neela can't have anything nice. And then we uh, 
go over, we see Lizzie and Carrie chatting, which is a pairing I don't feel like we get too often these days. No. Uh, we, we learn Henry has colic and Carrie's barely sleeping. Ella is in her terrible twos. And uh, Carrie asks Lizzie if, and if she has any prospects on the horizon. And uh, Lizzie's like, I'm dating a teacher. He's nice. To which Carrie says, nice is good. And uh, we go to Mal- a, That's kind of a shitty question from Carrie, if I'm being honest. Yeah, like, little bit. You, f- you, you, you getting f- any? Right? You fucking anybody? Uh, yep. Uh, you find a replacement for Mark yet? Right. It, that that uh, was kind of. It really wasn't even that she was being nosy that bothered me. It was more so the like, well, you know, you're not valid, and <laughs> you and your child are not valid unless you find a replacement for your dead husband. You know. Also, the the term prospects just I know. Yeah. Me yeah. Wrong way. It's something about it I didn't love. You just said, "Hey, are you see- or, hey, are you seeing anyone?" You good? <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's like, "Hey, Carrie." It's like, "Lizzie, you doing it?" Uh, but then we see Malik is working on triage, passes it off to Sam right away. There's a little girl there with a fever of 101.7. Dad thinks it might be strep. Uh, the throat culture could take six to eight hours just because they're so swamped. And Dad says he just started a new job, and you know implies he can't really miss the time. And Sam says, oh, go take a seat in chairs. We'll see what we can do. And then Lucas shows up and asks if Alex is okay and if they need to have essentially a family movie night. Like, Luca, have some chill. Right, yeah. I want a movie night. In the, in that particular instance right there, it's like, all right, she's fully justified to try to pump brakes later in this episode. Like, dude needs to fucking chill out. That's that's too much. Over the line, Kovach. Uh, but... Carrie chases Luca down to tell him to keep an eye out and out for his paycheck deduction because he was late. Pretty sure that's illegal. Uh, Carter is putting together a care package for Kim. And, ugh, of course Carter knows the exactly how many days, hours, and minutes it's been. Have you ever seen a man so down bad that, <laughs> <laughs> as... That's Carter. So fucking... Is for his baby mama. So fucking nauseating. It just... Ugh. Just... Bah. It's... Just bah. That's a good way of... Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but then we see Susan talking with Abby about her parents. Uh, and she's uh, talking about how her dad uh, loved uh, loved her mom until, until the day she died. Of course, he loved his girlfriends, too. Which I love Paul Dooley. Uh, the actor who plays uh, Susan's dad. One thing Paul Dooley is not is a uh, believable ladies' man. Like <laughs> he is, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to believe or kind of hard to to buy that. Uh, Look, there was a different time. Women had lower standards, I'm sure. Unions were stronger, you know. Exactly. There, there was asbestos in the walls, you know. There was any number of reasons why. Lead in the paint. Be, we, we used to be a proper country. Leaded gasoline and all. Uh, but yeah, uh, they next trauma coming in a 20 something John Doe found behind a building covered in blood, but no visible wounds. That's always a fun mystery to solve more on him in a bit. Uh, then we're, uh, introduced to a 66 year old male with acute shortness of breath. Uh, but Carter is not trying to help because he's off to send his little, little care package to his baby mama. Uh, but he gets pulled back in when Chen is, we find out that the patient being brought in is Chen's dad. Uh, and she's making her triumphant return. Um, Dad's got pneumonia, not doing great, uh, and everybody is very excited to see Chen and very excited to greet her once again. And, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure if – I honestly can't remember if Sam and Chen ever met before Chen left. If they did, it was a, like, blink and you miss it, like, kind of meeting. Like, it would have been, like, very fast. Because I can't imagine, because she starts, Sam starts in episode, like, five or six of this season, Mm -hmm. and Chen's been gone for quite a bit, quite a while. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, And a woman asked Sam to get Carrie to check out a baby. I'm sorry I'm talking like this. It's because it's everyone's favorite homophobic, just... And just general awful person, it's Sandy's mom. God, I hate this woman. Well, Oh, you know, because she and Carrie live together. They're friends. Yeah, they're friends. They just live gals together. being pals, just, you know, having a baby together. Right. 
Uh, yeah, Sandy's mom, played by actress Renee Victor, uh, who has done stuff like Coco, uh, which I did not realize that she's done a done a voice in Coco. Uh, the TV series Weeds and Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, which I assume is one of the direct-to-DVD sequels. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, but the most interesting uh, tidbit about this person is that she follows us on Instagram. So you know what? Nice. All of her homophobia is forgiven. She is uh, hashtag ally. She is uh, part of the <laughs> part of she's she's one of the gang. You know, like we're going to forgive this whole thing all because she follows us on Instagram. Separate the art from the artist, will you? Uh, Jesus. No indication that the... Never, when it ruins one of my favorite characters. No indication that Renee Victor herself is uh, all of the things that her character eventually reveals herself to be. Uh, but yeah, it was sort of a kind of a harbinger of doom a little bit uh, when she popped up. I was like, oh man, like now we're... Not this already. Now we're fully into the like, uh, like sad part of the Carrie story. Yep. And then we go back to John Doe. It's a very hectic trauma and they still haven't located a wound. Uh, Gallant presents a patient to Susan, Nancy, 42. She's got nausea. She's been vomiting for the last two weeks and taking some homeopathic stuff. She has five kids at home and can't afford to be sick like this. And she says she's taking St. John's wart. Uh, remember when that was all the all the rage? I can I can remember going to like a health food store with uh-huh. my my parents in the. It was probably a little before this. It was probably in the late nineties, uh, looking for St. John's Wort. It was like uh-huh. the the miracle drug. Uh, Nancy here, played by actress Berlinda Tolbert, who appears in stuff like <laughs> uh, Goodfellas, Patriot Games, and Harlem Nights. That's how her name is spelled, Berlinda. <laughs> Could be just pronounced Belinda, but it's it's spelled Berlinda, so I'm gonna give it give it the benefit of uh, phonetics. But uh, we then see uh, the husband Nolan starting to come around. Uh, Susan tells uh, the wife Vicky uh, and the little boy to put their masks back on because they're already like starting to feel feel better, but they're like, oh, we don't need the masks anymore, so she just tells them to put their masks back on. Uh, and then we go, it's time to check on Neela. Uh, Tech is just reading, you know, he does this every day, whatever. He offers her some Valium because Neela is very clearly not okay. Uh, she jumps in the airlock to get let out because she just can't take it anymore. And the other doctor, someone to replace her is en route, but is not there yet. As And while she's being brought up, uh, while she's being brought back to normal air pressure, uh, the baby starts to crash, and they need to inflate his lung, and they, her ear starts bleeding because of the fast pressure changes between you know, up and then just very rapidly Ugh. down so she can get back in there. And can I just say this? Ow! Yeah, it, I, it, that was one of those things where, like, I could feel, like, I had, back in college, I had a, a, a New Year's uh, one year where I got double ear infections. Like, both ears got, got borked at the same time. And one of the most excruciating parts of it was that pressure would build up in the ear, mm. in the canal, ear canal on both sides, and it would build and build and build and build and build. And when it would equalize, like when it would level off, it would like send like this like knee buckling shockwave of pain through my ears. Like it would if if I if I was standing, I would no longer be standing by the time it was over with. Oh man, it was brutal. It was awful. That was a that was a horrible way to spend New Year's. Like, and they sent me. This was this was peak opioid crisis too, because I went to uh, the ER finally, and they sent me home with an amount of Percocet that is insane. I could have paid off my student loans with how much Percocet they sent me home with. Like how many? Uh, I want to say it was like between thirty and forty. Like. For an, ear for, for an ear infection yeah like i lost an entire day to percocet i would i got home i took enough to to put me out and then i would wake up after the last dose had worn off i would wake up take another dose go back to sleep wake up take another dose go back to sleep and before i knew it an entire day had gone by and when i woke up after that entire day had gone by uh, the pill bottle was gone and my mother had taken them and flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> like she was like, okay, well, hope you feel better. Cause that's all you're getting to that. We're not going to have you getting addicted to this. Uh, 
So shout out to Margie. She she's a real one. All right, now let's go to our uh, only audio clip of the episode. Uh, Carter's going to check in on Chen's dad. Subtle right middle lobe infiltrate. Sure makes me appreciate our health care system. Had to wait a week for a chest film in Suzhou. So great fever. It's probably just early pneumonia. A pulmonary embolus. Can you get a VQ scan? Doesn't need one. d dimer is negative. He's low probability for PE. Does he uh, walk at all? He can, but he won't. And I can't make him. Since his surgery, he's been depressed, a bit demented. Hmm. Just stares at the TV. So, what happened? I skidded off some back road in the middle of nowhere. Car flipped. My mom never regained consciousness. Jingmei? you two get caught up. Thank you, John. What's going on? Um, I'm having my dad check for PE. When did you get back? Um, last Monday. Should have called. How are you, Mr. Chen? Tapman is somewhere in that was a weird that thing good? that that cut off on. <laughs> that good, huh? I mean, it's just the last little bit. It's just her like whispering something in Mandarin to him. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I just I again I'm, I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again. I love her and Carter's friendship so much. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's been a very very long time since we've uh, gotten to enjoy that. So. Yep. Absolutely. Very, very, always nice to be reminded of that. It's always nice when you can tell that they remember something about that pairing, you know, that this isn't, this isn't a romantic thing. It's a friendship thing and it's, it's an enduring one. And it's, mm-hmm. it's always nice when they remember that. Uh, I, it was, it was kind of much like with, uh, with Sandy's mom coming into the picture. It was, it was another thing of like, oh, fuck, man, we're kind of, we're kind of round in the bend on Chin here. Like we're, <laughs> right? Like we're, <laughs> we are. I mean, I know it's next season. I know it's not this season, but it's still like, damn, you can you can sort of feel the character and the actress both with one foot out the door. It's uh, kind of a bummer because you really realize too, like how much your your memories kind of inflate things and inflate the significance of things. And like there there's a lot less to Chen's big comeback than you kind of build up in your mind you know like i've i i i found myself very kind of underwhelmed at points with uh the the second half of chen's time on the show which really is it's it's not even it's not even like susan's where you know susan had a full-fledged run the first time around chen was basically a side character the first time and this was supposed to be her triumphant kind of ascension to May. And it's not that she hasn't had anything to do. And it's not that she hasn't been a significant character because she has, but it's been much more stop start than I remembered. Like they go through these periods where they're, they seem more invested in the character than other, other times. And it's, uh, it's just frustrating that you don't see her get to build up any real momentum. Yeah. We'll just put her and Lizzie on the same out to sea ship of just, (sighs) Yeah. yeah, I guess you're there. Yeah also appearing i want i want to be on a ship with me now when yeah don't we all uh but we go back to the uh hyperbaric chamber uh neela and the tech <laughs> jimmy barrett for lack of a better word uh yeah. are working on the uh, baby uh there's a replacement doctor i believe his name is dr Oliveira. uh he's coming into your to, guess is as good as mine swap places uh the heart rate uh, for the babies going back down and the replacement doctor through the door like while he's like trying to get pressurized uh he while he's trying to descend uh he has neela start a chest tube uh so it's going great for neela it's yeah. really just a very normal day we're all having a normal one i feel like too i in my mind as as we know my mind particularly about this episode uh is wrong but I feel like my, <laughs> in my memories of this episode, I remembered it being a lot more bottle episode-y. Like, I, re- I remembered it being a like lot... Like, that it was so much more of her. Yeah, like, it was str- it yeah. was kind of strictly her in the chamber and dealing with the, the 
for you know not to put too fine a point on it but the pressure and <laughs> like you know not that they didn't do anything outside of the chamber but it was much more you know brief glimpses of hey this other stuff is also happening but really the focus is on Mila in this chamber uh so i was kind of shocked to see that it's like not as big of a deal and not as big of a plot point as i remembered it to be it's it's Nilo Rosgotra in the chamber of fuck this. <laughs> oh man, that's that's good. I wish I wish I had the time and energy to make an alternate cover for that book. Uh, <laughs> Listeners, make it happen. We then we then go uh, back down to check on the John Doe, who's now sleeping like a baby, and Abby wonders, uh, you know, ponders out loud if they'll be able to find out what happened to him. Uh, Carrie goes over to check on uh, little baby Henry, and we get some lovely, lovely uh, Mama Carrie snuggles on uh, little baby Henry here. And uh, Grandma asks if she's going to be home late again tonight. And at this point, like their reaction, their interactions are perfectly pleasant at this point, and like perfectly, perfectly routine, at least the way that I read it. And like it was, it's such a bummer because I know how toxic it's gonna get so it's like uh this this sucks um sam notices a little girl uh, the little girl from earlier is uh christy uh who came in with her dad she's been left alone in chairs dad left uh to go to work and uh he told her he would come back and get her afterwards uh so sam brings her in you know in through the security doors uh ostensibly because she thinks it'll be safer in there uh, Neil is doing the chest tube and the doctor's able to get in and take over after she gets the tube in, <clears throat> you know, just right on time. Uh, Susan is on the phone with her dad and Abby tells her to tell him, oh yeah, that, yeah, she's pregnant. That she's, she's dating she's... someone and she's pregnant. No big deal. Cause he don't know shit. Uh, but then we go over, Nolan wants to know about the baby, how he's doing. Uh, Nancy's test results are back and she's pregnant. She's like, but I'm on the pill. I can't be pregnant. And I think it's Abby who's like, well, St. John's work can make it ineffective. So you're fucked. You're literally, you're fucked. You're pregnant again. Sorry. Mm. Always Um, consult the doctor before starting stuff like that. Any herbal or vitamin supplements, anything like that, check with your doctors, guys. Check with your doctors. Uh, But then we get a real shitty trauma comes in. It's a double stabbing uh the first one is clara w she's 50s multiple stab wounds to the chest and abdomen the scene was covered in blood and her husband is in the next ambulance so that's that's great that's a normal one wonder wonder how that's related to something earlier in the episode Mm. and then a uh, man comes over to luca while he's working on a patient and begging for change and then he leisurely moseys over to christy and then coughs right in her face, right after he's told to leave her alone. To which, bloody coughs in Bloody coughs, yes, thank you, because his mask is down. So, she's having a great one. It's real good to be a kid left alone in the ER. Uh, Luca and Sam are going to work on finding her a room where, she's a bit, where she feels a bit safer and everything. They're going to get her a gown, so she's cleaned up. And Luca, again, having absolutely no goddamn chill asks if you know they should you know he's like you never got back to me earlier you know should you guys come over and we'll do dinner and alex can have some xbox is how he says it i think um and this is where sam's like whoa there it might be time to take a break take it slower let's be casual not exclusive uh, no strings no co-parenting is something she very much stresses just literally walking up to luca and saying whoa there motherfucker <laughs> it's just dick it's pretty great. much what she says. It's, it's it, you're nice, but it's great dick. alternate episode title. Let me tell you, it's just dick or whoa there <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Uh, uh, both both are great alternate titles for this episode. Whoa there motherfucker parentheses. It's just dick. <laughs> featuring featuring. Uh, I love Fall Out Boy's new single. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go to a double trauma with Clara and her husband, uh, Abby and Susan put it together that the John Doe may have had something to do with this, you know. No shit. First comes in covered in blood, and then someone comes in, the people, a couple people come in with several, like, at least a hundred stab wounds between the two of them. The, jo- the John Doe is, is stood there with a hot dog costume uh, covered in blood going, look, we're all trying to find all who tr- did this. <laughs> the guy who did this. <laughs> 
Uh, I need to actually watch that show. I've only I seen know that show. I know that right. There. I know that show exclusively through memes. What show? Uh, I think you should leave. I think is what it's called. Okay. I but like I said, I, I my awareness of that show can be summed up entirely in like reaction gifs and memes. My entire life was just, it's just him going. I don't know what any of this shit is, and I'm fucking scared. <laughs> Uh, Abby and Susan put together... Yeah, that John know we have something to do with this. Uh, Lizzie comes in to check and see if the woman is a surgical candidate, and they're like, eh, not a very good one. So go check on go check on the man. Luca's asking what happened with... Luca's asking what happened to the two victims. Uh, cops said a house was broken into, and Lizzie just notices... I Like, after, like... After a, a minute or so of, of working, she's like, how come there's only men in here? It is... It's a- <laughs> I love that yeah, line. Yeah, it's a really good throwaway line. It doesn't really have much of a purpose in the larger episode, but it's a good throwaway line. I love but that like, everyone freezes and it's like 10 dudes in there. It's just even all the nurses are male. Yeah. So that's, I think that's more where the, because usually there's a pretty, it's nurses skew female. So anyway, uh, but very effective effects works on this one. Ugh. Gross. Uh, yeah, Clara like we see in the chest cavity. Yeah. Gross. Oy. And then cut to the John Doe screaming at the cops, insisting that he didn't do anything and he didn't doesn't know them. Uh, but turns out he does know them. Uh, they are his parents, and he went nuts and stabbed them to death. Not great. Uh, A normal one. Telling you, everyone's having a normal right, one this yeah. episode. And I, I think as our lone listener response for this episode points out, like this this episode is just a collection of the benefits and consequences of pregnancy. Like there's all That's really is. Jesus it's all Christ. babies. It's, it's all children and all babies. Right. It's all babies, it's all children, it's all like all the good and bad things that can happen because of babies and because of pregnancy. And like, and the nice, and the nice through line is Susan processing all of it, and you can see her yeah. facial expressions during each one. It's one of those things where it's like I a hundred percent see what you're going for, and I can't say that you're doing it badly or that you're missing the mark or whatever. All I'm saying is that the Neela in the chamber thing is by a country mile the most interesting thing in this episode. And if you'd have just focused on that and really dialed up the, again, not to, to, to like be on the nose with it, but like dial up the pressure and really make the audience feel as uncomfortable as she does, this might be, you know, this might be Neela's Avengers episode. Like this might be Neela's like, you know, I'm going to take the lead and I'm going to, this episode's going to focus almost entirely solely on me and I just feel like there was a missed opportunity. It's not even that what they did was bad, what they chose to do was bad. It's just like, I wish they hadn't wasted the hyperbaric chamber idea on this episode where there were so many other things happening. Making salient points, making coherent points, but there's this other thing here that you're leaving a lot of meat on the bone with. And I would have preferred that they had spent an ent- almost an entire episode dealing strictly with that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, no, you're right. But uh, in any event, uh, we go back to Neela again, the most interesting plot thread in this episode. Uh, They're starting to ascend. Uh, She's feeling uh, not great, having some chest pain. Uh, and they're worried that if they ascend too rapidly, she could puncture a lung. Uh, and so they, they have to do a slow ascent that should take over an hour. And this just, like, breaks Neela. Like, she's just like, <laughs> you're kidding me? It's going to be another hour. So It would break me, too. I'm not going to lie. It's not doing great. Not doing great. Because uh, I'm not, like, super claustrophobic, but, like, the concept of being in a pressurized tube yeah. uh-huh. I'm, that I literally can't leave. It's not like an airplane right. where it's, like, I know there's going to be an eventual end or, point, and I'm going or somewhere. Even, so I'm usually focused on that. But, like, if I was just in a tube. Yeah. Or even a stationary tube where you have to wait and there's no motion going on to trick you about it. Yeah. Even an iron lung type situation where like your body is in the tube, but your your head Ugh. your head is uh. out of it. Like you're, uh. you're no. At least that I you know like there's no. because even with claustrophobia there is something specific about no. the head that makes it worse. Nope. 
I've been in MRIs where my head's sticking out and I still want to die. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, Personally. I'm not saying it's a, Me too, I'm not saying it's a walk in the park. I'm just saying that like, MRIs. given the choice between the two, I feel like I would maybe rather have the one where my head's sticking out. I don't know. Um, but at least with the bear, I'm just going to say this one more time. At least with the, uh, chamber, um, she can move around it. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, a confined yeah, it's, space. It's, I mean, it it's tight, but she can at least stand and walk a little bit and. Right. There, it's not like a tunnel, right? And it's okay. We're we're done. We're done talking about MRIs. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get another timestamp uh, in the grand tradition of not really sticking with their bits here. They've kind of they've they've been inconsistent about when they give us the timestamps this episode. Ten thirty. So it's it's been like five yeah, hours. It's ten thirty eight a.m. Uh, and the male stabbing victim from earlier needs to go through surgery before the cops can get a statement. Um, the new smarmy doctor, uh, aka we have Billy Zane at home, uh, is aka I could not remember his name. Is, is Larson, Some, Lawson, Lawson, I think. Larson, something like that. Uh, Listeners will yell at us in the comments. Yeah. Uh, he's there, and he and Lizzie have a very kind of awkward hello. Uh, Carrie jumps into the middle of it and interrupts everything. And uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, the the new smarmy doc asks Lizzie out very nonchalantly. And uh, Carrie, he he runs off in one elevator. Carrie and, and Lizzie jump into the other, and uh, she says, "I thought you were dating a teacher." And she goes, "I am." And you know, I love her face. Right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very here for the the energy that uh, that Lizzie brings to this episode, and I I would have appreciated just a, a touch more of it. I feel like it was a a missing ingredient. Uh, we see Susan on the phone trying to get an MRI for another patient. Uh, we find out Chuck is on the phone for her. Uh, and uh, Abby asks her if she's heard anything further about little baby Samuel, and she is like, "Oh shit, I forgot." Uh, and asks <laughs> and asks Abby to use her pregnancy as an excuse for why. <laughs> like she's like, "Just tell them I'm pregnant, and maybe they'll cut me some slack." Yeah. So, uh, and just to, just in the background, you see Jerry using a webcam at one of the admin computers and trying to figure out how it all works. And this is my favorite thing in the episode. Just only admins. <laughs> only admins oh that's good god damn it I, I got two this episode yes that's good god damn it uh, uh luca <laughs> how do i come back from that how do i transition out of that uh only admins.com slash science home podcast luca. <laughs> coming to a, going to a site near you jesus luca's real getting real short with sam because he again lacks the chill gland like he just they they, <laughs> they they removed that in croatia during the war i hate the word gland uh mr grover comes back asking where christy is that's the uh, dad from earlier who abandoned oh. his daughter in chairs and he just luca just fucking goes off on him uh and dad's like I, I do appreciate that they don't just let Luca strictly browbeat, and they yeah. they do give the dad a chance to be like, "Look, man, I'm single. This... I'm a single dad. I I can't lose my job. You told me it's going to be eight or nine hours. What am I supposed to do?" This is very much a Doug Ross White Knight moment, right? And I feel like in the Doug Ross days, I don't know that they would have given the dad the dialogue to get. They sometimes, sometimes they do. did, but they were much more apt because mostly because Clooney was so good at it. They were much more apt to let Clooney, to let Doug just kind of be on his high horse and let that be the end of it. I I think I said this the other day on an episode, and I apologize if I have, but I really, I'm kind of jonesing for an early seasons just watch to watch. Just for the vibes. Like, as we talk about these throwbacks, like, I'm kind of... I'm, I can't do an ER rewatch as for podcasting because it'll kill me. But I'm just kind of like, I want to watch like a couple season one episodes just to just to feel something. <laughs> just <laughs> just go on YouTube and watch the uh, the blooper reels from the early seasons. Like that's a that's yes. a nice digestible way to get the vibes and the, the bits. I'll no. What I'll do is we have all the DVDs. I'll just put on some behind the scene shit on Lizzie's fancy new Blu-ray player. Go. Sorry, 4K player. I mean, it's a 4K Blu-ray player. So, Sh- I mean, fuck you were, off. You were half right. Sh- fuck off. I got there. Uh, Susan's wheeling Vicky up to Samuel. Uh, he opened his eyes a few minutes ago, though, and he's looking great. Hooray. He'll need another round of treatment tomorrow. We but get to do it all ho- again. Hopefully not with Neela this time. And Susan checks on Neela, and, she- <laughs> and Susan's like, you should have had someone replace you. <laughs> fuck you, Susan. Fuck off, Susan. Fuck 
you. <laughs> and that's exactly the face Neela gives her, too. Is like, are you fucking kidding me? Get fucked, lady. Uh, but then we see Alex is getting dropped off from his field trip. And Sam asks if he wants to have plans, just the two of them, to kind of talk about everything that's going on. And he's like, oh, about you and Luca having sex? Bat. And Sam uh, wants yeah, to... Yeah, I put him on the shitty kids list, so we're good. Uh, Sam wants to know how he feels about it. And he's like, I'm fine. I don't care. I, I'm a sociopath. Uh, I know I w- I'd be squicked out, but... Uh, but then we see Susan holding her little baby bump and walks over to Carter... They go over to admit together, and we learn Jerry has set this webcam up so Carter can video chat with Kem at the embassy over at the consulate over there. So they get to talk, and Susan's jealous of how cute Kem's tummy is. She says, why is it some women get these cute little volleyball tummies? (laughs) And then Carter is misty-eyed, and it's very sweet. And this was one moment where I wasn't as offended by Carter and Kem being adorable because Kem is in her natural environment and actually doing the work she loves to do. Right, but also barely talking. <laughs> like, like yes, they're just staring at right. each other. Uh, which that's not a that's not a knock on the character, by the way. That is a, that is a knock again on the writing, like the the, the cinematography. The, no, just the writing in general. That the only time they let Kem be herself is when they're minimizing her. Uh, but. But it's also, they also are the most bearable they are because uh, this is all through the lens of Jerry. Like, the, the, through the medium of Jerry Markovic, MVP uh, emeritus, like, the, the sweetest thing any one character has done for another character on this show, up to and including uh, Benton performing life-saving surgery on Carter. Like, is... Okay, I'm... S- I'm sorry. I just had the complete unrelated flashback of Jerry trying to catch the kangaroo. Anyway. Right. Hashtag love, Team Jerry. Love this man. Hashtag, hashtag Team Jerry. Love this man. The, the the squealing noise that I made when I realized what was happening with him. I was just mm-hmm. like, this man is precious. Protect him at all costs. Yeah. Uh, Pratt goes in to check on Shannon and her dad. Uh, dad, uh, dad has no pulmonary embolism. That's Yay. Good. Um uh, Pratt's like, you know, at least you're amongst friends here. And Pratt asks how long she's going to take care of him unassisted. And she was finally at the hotel asleep when her mom died. She's determined to take care of her dad because she fucked up and missed missed out on her mom dying. So I I get it. I yeah, no. (laughs) It's it's a it's a reasonable reaction. Might not be a healthy one, but it's uh, or or you know like a feasible, but like. I get the mentality. It's, it's a gut reaction, yeah. yeah, to be like, I should have I just want to protect my dad at all. I just want to protect my dad at all costs now. Speaking of which, I called him randomly today. We had a lovely conversation. Oh, I talked to him this morning, too. Well, oops. Anyway. He never calls me. Like, <laughs> Where, how do, never calls me, how either. Do I, how do I get on the Fred call list? Uh, I'll text him your number. I was going to say, call him once and he'll be your best friend. Uh, he and my mom cannot wait to meet. All right, sorry, anyway. We go back and check on Neela one last time, who's finally out of the damn chamber. This this needs Ooh. a stiff drink after this. Uh, but instead, she's going to get a chest x-ray. Uh, oh, she needs she needs a nap-nap and a juice yeah, box. She runs through all of the, uh, the freshly laid out hallways there, gets out that little fire escape on the second floor just to breathe some fresh air. Uh, and of course, when she gets out there, it's snowing. Love it. On, also, I love that fire escape. It is a nice little set piece. It's a nice little addition to the hospital geography that uh, they yep. add over the years. Uh, and then they go out. To, we go over to the last scene of the episode, uh, over to some random bar where Susan and Chuck are coming in to meet with her dad. They are all watching the Maple Leafs game on TV. Couldn't yeah. couldn't get the rights to a Blackhawks game. What the hell? Like she she hey, was like she was like I can't tell the you what Blackhawks. Oh. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. Either way, she says they watch the Maple Leafs at this bar. They may have been playing the Blackhawks, but she makes some comment about how they like to watch the Maple Leafs. Well, she she breaks it to to uh, her dad, and he barely looks up from his uh, from the TV or his, or Bud. his beer. Uh, kind of awkwardly shakes Chuck's hand, and without looking at him, like he's still looking at the TV, and he's like, "Are you marrying her?" And then he Chuck is like, "If she'll have me." And dad, dad replies back very coldly about damn time, which, okay. I love it. I thought it was cute. First of all, this is the first time we are seeing Susan's dad since 1995. 
<laughs> we have not. And I would also. We've not seen Susan's dad. I in have a bone to pick nine with this years. as well. Okay. Um, Susan says, "Oh, you're gonna be a grandpa." He's That's already true. a grandpa. He's already a grandpa, mm. little Susie. You're gonna be a grandfather again. Uh, no, little Susie went into the shadow realm after she yeah, was, was abducted and rescued. Yeah, Chloe and little Susie. They do. Are she does mention Chloe. She does me- or something. She, she does. does mention Chloe earlier in the episode when her and I think Abby are talking in the ambulance yep. bay. She says about their families and everything. Right. So you know they're not completely in the shadow realm, but yeah, Susan's dad we've not seen since 1995, <laughs> so it's been a while. Um, and not that people don't change over time, but like Susan's dad the first time around was much more like present and much more like he was the good parent. Like remember how shitty Susan's mom was and like how he was like encouraging and positive. I wonder if part of it was, did cookie die or did she leave him? Cause there was Uh, one of the two. Canonically she's dead. Yeah. So that could be losing his, his wife had something to do with it. Maybe so. Yeah. But he just seems so very cold and detached here. And like, it's hockey. You got you got your sports. But like you would think that like this revelation that his oldest daughter and presumably, you know, favorite daughter, let's be honest, uh is is pregnant, that would be the thing that would snap him out of it and he'd be like, "Oh, that's great. Like, give me a big hug, you know, whatever." I don't know. It just felt like it felt like a betrayal of this minor character we haven't seen in 9 years, damn it. Like that's that's really what I'm driving at. Uh, but this is his last appearance. He will be. He he was pulled out of the shadow realm for this episode. He's going right back in. We will we will not be seeing uh, Susan's dad anymore. R.I.P. in peace, Paul Dooley. He's still alive. I don't know why I said R.I.P. in peace. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Wait. Can I can I say what I thought of the episode go, first yeah. because I never get to go first. Yeah. Go, um. Please. I. I'm going to preface this by saying I am having the shittiest six days of my life ever, and this one was such a delight to take a break and just enjoy. Like I told Daniel this morning, or actually it was like two hours ago. Who the fuck knows? But I told him, I was like, I'm so excited to talk about this one because it made me smile. Like, yeah, it's a hot mess. There's a bunch going on, but uh, Neela does such a good job. She's a powerhouse. We get to see her flex a little bit. Um, We get to see Susan just being thoughtful and pregnant. We get um, just... There's just a lot of good little nuggets in here mm-hmm. that was just kind of like comfort food. It wasn't necessarily a great episode, right. but just the little pieces of it were just like comfort food, easier to digest aside from the two parents getting like slaughtered. But the rest of it was like maybe because it kind of felt like a house episode and was kind of old ER and it was like all yeah. the things my brain needed to the point where there's a video that was in the Discord. Guys, join the Discord of me by the end of the episode typing 100% accurate with my eyes closed, leaning back. Like that's the week I'm having. But it was still a delight. Like, it was exactly what I needed. So I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. I'd say 8.5 just because it was, like, fun for me. But 8, I think, is my fair go-to for this one. I'd, I'd say for me it was more 7, 7.5. Yeah, that's Not fair. because it's necessarily a bad episode, but because I'm with Daniel. They needed to focus more on one mm-hmm. thing. This needed to be the Neela episode. Or yeah. this needed to be the Sam and Luca episode. Or this needed to be whatever Susan like pregnant this, and really dealing yeah. with an episode. There's a lot of great things going on here. Mm-hmm. It's just none of them feel quite fleshed out enough. Mm. It's me. it's like you got tapas instead of a full dinner. <laughs> exactly. I don't hate what's going on here. I don't hate what's no, being yeah, served that's to me. The thing. You want more. I just wish there I just wish it was more like give me a whole fillet right. instead of just like little there's chunks. A, of there's it. a good episode right here in front of me. There's a great episode mm-hmm. sitting over there inside of that hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> like there's a there's yeah, there, also I just, I just realized to put bariatric chamber in the notes earlier. Oh well, you know. Uh, but yeah, like there's there's a much better, or not even much better, but like there's a there's a whole a whole ass other episode that could have been really cool too. Like I, I really don't want to detract that much from this episode because like as is, especially given kind of the general vibe of the episodes we've gotten in the mm-hmm. last month or so. This is good. This is fine. Like I don't want to like throw the you know throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Like this is there. There's a perfectly fine episode right here in front of us. It's just that you know there's there's other things that they could have done that would have been 
maybe more interesting. It's like we could do two things. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. So, you know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, speak for the listeners or listener in this case. Yeah, what Lauren, what the listener have to say? Uh, at Simply Swooning says, I feel like this episode was written by someone who was involved in a debate about the pros and cons of having children and went extreme in both directions. On the one hand, being pregnant can save you and your family if you're exposed to carbon monoxide. On the other hand, there's colic, lack of childcare for single parents, and if you survive that, they could still get involved with drugs, attempt to murder you, or have kids of their own and dump them on you. Or they could die tragically, something you'll never get over and will affect you for the rest of your life. The Bennett family is probably the most well done out of all these storylines. The portrayal of Neela's claustrophobia is excellent. Carter turning into a lovesick puppy at the absence of Kem is more nauseating than cute. <laughs> uh, Weaver being bitchier than usual due to lack of sleep is hilarious. Corday's romantic exploits are underutilized and could have made for excellent TV if properly explored. Instead, we get the Sam and Luca cringe fest. Kill me now. For starters, Alex needs a shrink, but he isn't stupid and Sam is infantilizing him by not being upfront about the situation between her and Luca. But what is that situation exactly? Neither seem to be on the same page. And if you want something to be casual, that's something you should say before you're 30 days in. I guess, yeah, because that's right around the time Kem leaves is when they hook up. So, yeah, that tracks. Uh, granted, she can set whatever boundaries she chooses to, but considering Luca and Alex already had a kinship, why she seems confused as to Luca's interest into how Alex is handling everything baffles. Of course, not as baffling as her behavior next episode. And could someone please kindly inform Luca of his triggers? Kids in distress obviously remind him of his own. Granted, no one should leave their kid alone in the freak show that is County, but the man didn't seem like he had a choice. But Luca sees this little girl, and it's like you can tell he's thinking of his own, and then loses his shit on the poor dad. Six to seven out of ten, maybe. I also uh, would like to, I would like to take one. Ish, um, I would like um, to take issue with one statement in that thing. Mm. Alex is stupid. He thought, it was, <laughs> he thought something was a roach and, and ate, it. ate it, and it turned out. <laughs> unless he was doing it, unless he was doing it to fuck with his mom. That's the only thing I can think of was he was doing it to try and shock Sam. No, it's Al it's Alex, okay. so I would not okay. put it past him to be completely serious about uh. that. <laughs> uh. All right. Laura and I are both having absolutely awful oh, no, nights. We're fine. So, so I'm going to say a quick goodbye tonight. Uh thank you all very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh we've been having several new patrons over at Patreon.com yeah, slash the Tone Podcast joining us. So uh, you can join them as well. Get over 75 hours of bonus audio and video content. Uh, lots of bonus podcasts. Some old legacy video content. I'm not sure if we're doing video anything. Video. Not, no, not, not currently. Soon. Not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but still, plenty oh. of good stuff for you to check out there uh, for, only, for only $5 a month. I'm raising my hand and realized I'm not on video right now. Um, and I also want to plug, I've mentioned the Discord before, but I've accidentally started a cult of crafting on there. We have a lot of new crocheters and knitters, so there will be some cozy craft corner. Uh, uh, yeah, you're Don't welcome. Don't say Daniel. that too fast. Uh, cozy craft corner, uh, probably video and audio Accentuate chat. Accentuate so the tea in- when, you're trying to, when you're addressing them. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, uh, knitting, point is knitting knitters. <laughs> oh, it took me a minute. Yes, sorry. Anyway. Yes, it's it's that Michigan dropped consonant. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you come hang out in the Discord, you could get a chance to uh, crochet with yours truly, because clearly that's what I need in my life now that I no longer have Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, feel free to message one of us uh, if you follow us on so, uh, so, us on social media, or just message the show Instagram or Patreon or show or get at us. Someone things. will give you the link. Yeah. All right, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>